Good morning. Wow, thank you. I got to preach good now. Hey, I wonder just before we jump in, if you'll take a moment with me as we've been praying. Praying for right now Brenda Ravelry, who's in ICU in uh, Cornwall. She was intubated, um, and uh, they were able to remove that, although they had called the family in to uh, get ready for the last moments. But she's not done yet, and she's fighting to, uh, uh, to stay in the land of the living. We're going to agree right now just for her complete healing um, and uh, the doctor's words, she's not out of the woods yet, but, so we're praying for the but God and that she comes all the way out. Father, we thank you right now for just strength by the Holy Spirit, even as we corporately put our faith together right now for Brenda. Lord, we thank you that the doctors will be amazed and say, uh, we don't know how this happened, but we're happy it did. Father, we thank you for your, your healing power on her body right now in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Hey, thanks for praying with me for that. I'm in the Lord's Army, part two. Uh, we have a, uh, we're gonna have a code on the screen. I have some extra material that I just won't be able to get to this morning, but I'd love to give it to you. So if you wanna just point your phones, uh, we'll leave that up for a couple minutes, and uh, you can get a download of uh, a number of verses to help you with our weapons this morning. I wanna give a shout out to our umbrella guys that were out in the parking lot this morning. Would you just put your hands together and thank the umbrella guys that got you into your parking spot? We love our parking crew so much. Uh, online, we just welcome you this morning. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, we really are harvest everywhere, and we're just thankful that you're part of the harvest family as you watch online this morning. Well, last week we saw that we were soldiers, and uh, we're in a spiritual battle against evil, actually against the devil. He's real. He's not a personification of evil. He is a created being that fell, was cast out of heaven uh, because of pride and trying to take God's seat in the throne. Uh, we have armor. And we need to armor up. We need to be wearing that armor. This is part of God's plan. Jesus defeated Satan when he died, was buried. He rose again, defeated sin, Satan, death. And in that defeat of Satan, we are on the earth today, the Ephesians tells us, to make spectacle of the devil and his fallen angels, demons. We're to make spectacle of them. God said, I'm leaving them on the earth to prove that they are stronger in Christ than evil, and we can overcome evil, and after having done all, to stand. Say stand. stand. Don't want you to stand, stay seated, but to stand. In other words, to stand our ground. But we're learning as well that we are to be taking ground. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Um, and the picture there is that we are like uh, football players that are out, if you've ever seen them practicing, and they hit those bars and they're pushing them back. Uh, we are pushing back the gates of hell and on the earth that there is to be an expression of the kingdom of God before Jesus returns. Um, and uh, it won't be, the church doesn't, uh, we, here on, on the planet earth right now, I don't believe, and I don't believe the scriptures believe that the church will um, bring, dispel all of evil and all of sin. Jesus does that in the second coming as we return with him. But we certainly are to be taking ground and as much ground as we can uh, today as we live in this, what the Bible calls this evil age. So learning to stand our ground is to know how to use our defensive armor. And uh, it's against the schemes of the devil, his lies and his manipulation. 
So we wear our belt of truth, and we talked about that last week, breastplate of righteousness, the shoes, the gospel, the readiness of peace, our shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. Let's continue this morning. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. I'm gonna talk to you about your weapons this morning and that you're supposed to be fighting. Say fighting. Yeah, fighting back, defending, taking ground. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Father, we thank you this morning for our weapons that have divine power. This morning, I just pray that we would have even greater understanding of what those weapons are, where to use them every single day as we're wearing our armor. Uh, defensive, but uh, Lord, offensive, we are to begin to push back and to demolish the strongholds. Lord, help us understand what that is. Help us to be able to do it now. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Thanks for praying with me. We want to demolish our strongholds. And as I took some time last week to kind of come to this position, because I thought it was important to understand that without the armor, Every day, just consciously in prayer, I, I know I'm saved, hell of salvation, I'm protecting my mind, my emotions, I'm ready to take some ground, I need to know the difference between truth, the, uh, the lies of this age, um, I'm not listening to, you know, Google, uh, Dr. Google, and all the things that are out there, but I'm believing in the Word of God and what God says, truth versus the lies of humanity, or, or humanism, so... We have that all in place, but now we need to wield our weapons, and I want to talk about those with you for the purpose of demolishing strongholds, and I began to teach you last week that a stronghold literally, like the caves in the cliff that we use the analogy that Paul was thinking of to, to the church at Ephesus, that in our minds, we all have hiding places. In our minds, we have limiting thoughts, and those thoughts can come from the way we were raised, things that were spoken to us, but we all have belief systems and thoughts about ourselves that limit us from being all that God has called us to be. And those are the strongholds, those hiding places, those negative thought patterns that um, don't believe the truth about the knowledge of God. And that's not knowledge of God, Although that's important, it's the knowledge that God has about you. As we read that verse in the context, that God has thoughts about you and plans about you, and you're an overcomer. He created you to be, a, to be more than an overcomer, the scriptures teach us. He created you with a great destiny to make a difference, and we say it at Harvest, we want you to know God and find freedom from yesterday, to discover your purpose and then make a difference with that purpose. The devil does not want you to do that. So he's fighting against that. But as we begin to learn that God thinks great thoughts about us, the scriptures are full of those great thoughts and plans. And we begin to come against what the enemy says with the truth of what God says about you and about me. And then we begin to uh, identify, identify those strongholds. Let's just say, for example, you have a stronghold of fear. And so fear kind of rules and reigns your life, and you might not even be aware of that. You become a believer, and we talk about finding freedom, and finding freedom is that you first identify that stronghold as we talk about our weapons. And as you use those weapons, 
the Holy Spirit will begin pointing to, this is thoughts of fear. This is where the enemy has you. Uh, um, Ryan was talking about, you know, going all in for, for uh, um, going all in for God, wholeheartedness. And you might have a thought that pops into your mind, mind at that point. I, I don't know if I want to go all in. I've gone all in in other areas, and it costs me, and it hurt me. And I went all in on a relationship, or I went all in in a marriage, only to have it fail. And so you have perhaps a stronghold of fear, a thought pattern that, that you know, that, that things are going to come against you, things are going to hurt you, and you don't have power over that. Because you've learned in your life that, that you've, been, you've experienced that you've been a victim, and, and you've had things come against you, and those things are true, and those things are valid. But you can overcome that. But that stronghold of fear will kick in, and even though you'll hear the truth of God's word, until that stronghold, that cave in the cliff is identified, the enemy can still rob, kill, and destroy. So we want you to begin to use your weapons, and using them will begin identifying. The Holy Spirit will go, that's a, that's a thought of fear. That's not coming from the Holy Spirit. And God will begin to show you, that's coming from a place inside you that's limiting. Uh, limiting. So I, call, I say it this way, it's an inside job. You and, the, you and the enemy together agreeing in a lie. You want to break that lie. Second, you want to expose that lie. And then you want to take those thoughts of fear uh, and you want to make them obey Jesus. This is kind of a quick recap of last week. And then you want to demolish the stronghold. You want to demolish that hiding place so that the enemy can never return into your thinking processes. You go, no, I've identified that. I know what that is. I've exposed it for what it is. That's a lie. Uh, that, here's the truth. That's a lie. Now I'm going to make that thought come into obedience with what God says about me, and now I'm gonna demolish the stronghold. So we need our weapons to do that, and utilizing the weapons, is I'm gonna go through about four of them today, utilizing them uh, begins this process of identification, exposing, uh, making it obey Christ. We don't do this in our strength, but we receive grace from the Holy Spirit to do this, using our weapons that have divine Power, divine power. Now, some of these things, you're going to go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that just seems pretty basic. Well, when you put your faith to what is basic, that God says, here's what I want you to do, and you join your faith with what God says to do, you now have access to divine power. Say power. We want that divine power, Holy Spirit power. We looked at mountain-moving power a few weeks ago, that dunamis power that blows things up, that demolishes strongholds. That's what's necessary to demolish these hiding places in our mind. Number one this morning uh, is a, one of the most powerful weapons that we can wield, and it's the, it's the weapon of submission. Submission. Now, I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this one this morning because we've got to massage it in. I need you to see how important this is um, because oftentimes we're living trying to resist the devil but we've not submitted our life fully to the Lord. This word submission all through the Bible means to put under, to place under. Um, you can't make somebody submit. You can't force somebody to submit. Submission is a willful act whereby you place your will under the will of another. You place your will under the will of another. Placing under. I'm going to place my will under God's will, and it's order. There becomes an order that God is God, and I'm not. 
So here's the verse, James chapter four says, and it's talking about as we're praying and we're asking God to meet our needs, and, and James is outlining some of the reasons why we don't see prayer answered, why we don't see the power of God manifest in our lives. He says he gives grace, uh, he gives, sorry, but he gives all the more grace. So that's God's heart. He just wants to pour out what we don't deserve, just pour it out more and more and more. And so he says, God opposes the arrogant or the proud, people like that lift themselves up and sit in a seat that's not their own. Sit in a seat that's not their own. This is the seat or the throne of your life and my life. And who's sitting in that today? Have you given that seat to God? And so God sits in that seat where um, we, we, don't, we don't oppose God, God but because God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Gives grace to the humble. Therefore, how do, we, how do we get this order right? Submit yourselves to God. Place your will under the will of God. Resist the devil, and he will run away from you. Now, this is important, this part about resisting the devil. This is our word after having done all, take a stand. Not only take a stand, but these feet were made for walking. I'm going to take some ground in my life, in my family's life, in my city, in the area that God has called me to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference and push back evil. How do we do that? We have to learn to stand our ground. Stand, and this word here, uh, therefore submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, take a stand against the devil. It's our same word. And after having done all, we keep resisting. What happens? He'll, he'll, he'll walk away. He'll slink away. No, he literally will run away from you. How many would like to see the devil on the run? On the run. <laughs> and and, and so don't let this, these words just be words. This is the truth of God's word. Literally, if we do this, we learn this weapon of submission to God, and then we begin to do the second part of putting on the armor, getting this right, because this is about authority. And it's an authority, really, are we choosing to be under the authority of God? And then we say, well, we'll be under the authority of ourselves. No, Adam and Eve found out that they don't have authority. We're either under God or we're not. And so when, we, when we're under God's authority, we resist the devil. It literally puts him on the run. So to submit to God, what, is this, what are we practically talking about? It means to be obedient to God, respectful, honoring, understanding God is God and I'm not. And so as we take our stand, how today, and we're just, I'm just asking the question, what is the order in your life? And as you're a Christ follower today, as you've chosen to allow Jesus to come into your life, what's, what seat is he sitting on? And so as we read the scriptures, as we're hearing God's word preached, as we're understanding God's way, are we saying, I submit to God's way? Or are we going, well, I like, I like way one, two, and three, but four, five, and say, nah, I'm not sure about that. So I'm going to do God's way, one, two, three, but my way, four, five, six. We do that, don't we? And then we excuse ourselves. We feel good about it. I've got one, two, three, but I'm really working. And I've heard people say this. You know, I'm just working on it. Just me and Jesus working on steps four, five, six. You've been working on it for 15 years. It's time to decide. Stop working on it and decide. You say, Pastor, that's easier said than done. I know. 
but it is powerful, and you will begin to see that you're fighting a fight you don't need to fight against. You will experience life to the full. You will experience blessing. You will experience the wind of the Holy Spirit. You will experience a devil who's on the run instead of in your face whispering all of the time, building up strongholds. All right, here it is. This is our part. I don't know if you all remember the story of Joshua and Jericho, but let me just remind you that we have a powerful warrior in the Old Testament named Joshua. And it really a picture of a Christ follower who, who's going into the promised land and is powerfully uh, wearing the armor, doing battle, and receiving the blessings of God. The Bible says cities that they did not build, uh, vineyards that they did not plant. In other words, we don't deserve the blessings of God, but he pours grace into our life. We overcome evil. We push back the gates of hell. Joshua is such a picture of that for us. And so Joshua's getting ready to go into Jericho, their very first battle. And we'll be talking about Jericho in a couple of weeks when we talk about the weapon of praise and specifically the shout of faith and praise corporately. We've just seen over the years it's such a powerful things and the, the walls fell, the impossible things fall before us when we in faith use the weapons of, of worship and praise and specifically the Shabbat shout. And we'll look at that. And so they're gonna, they're gonna experience that. We're getting ahead of this, but he's getting ready. He's kind of surveying the difficulty of Jericho. Let's pick up the story. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and he looked. And behold, a man. Now, in, in translations, um, you'll see it capitalized because this is actually a picture in the Old Testament of Jesus incarnate, before the incarnation, sorry. So we have, we have appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament where he shows up, kind of teaser, I'm on my way, I'll be born in a manger. But he always existed. Jesus is eternal, he is God. Before he took on human form, he, he makes these appearances in the Old Testament that are so fun and, and just allow the Old Testament crew to get ready for what he's going to do as he appears, as they put, they're putting faith in what will happen. And we're putting faith in what he did as we look back in history. A man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. His sword is out. Joshua sees this warrior. And you better believe that Joshua isn't standing there waiting to pull his sword. He's got his sword drawn as well. Um, and uh, I, I, I've told you many times, I, I just love old westerns. And uh, Saturdays, mostly in the wintertime, Saturday mornings early, Christina sleeps in. And I, I, I just, I'm a creature of habit. I get up and uh, she could care less about westerns. So it's my moment to get to watch a western. I was watching one yesterday and one guy draws, the other guy draws. They're both drawn. Who's, who's going to put their gun down first? You know, so if you see uh, a gunfighter, you see a warrior with his, with his weapon out, you've got your weapon out. That's the scene. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for the adversary? He's asking him, whose side are you on? Are you on my side or are you on the enemy's side? Now follow me this morning because this is super important. As we talk about submit to God, yield to God, come under God. This is a perfect picture of our lives. And many of us are following Christ. We've got our weapons and we're ready. And you know, we've got our, we've learned about the armor. We got the armor. But if we don't get this, if we don't get this right, we don't get any of it right. That's why I'm taking a few minutes just to really establish this. And so Joshua, like sometimes you and I do, 
I got my scriptures out. I got my weapons of war. We're going to learn about the weapon of worship and all of the weapons that we've got. I can quote God's word and devil, here's this scripture. Blah. I got my, I said, oh, another word. Hey, are you for me or against me? It's just what's happening in my life right now. I'm, 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 I'm dealing with some difficulty and we're trying to discern. Is this the enemy fighting against me? Or is God, is God doing something in my life? What's going on here? All about me. What's going on in my life right now? So Joshua asks the question, are you a bad guy fighting against me? Are you a good guy fighting for me? Against me? For me. Wrong question. It's the wrong question. But we ask it all the time. Something's taking place. And we're wondering, okay, God, uh, uh, is this you? And, and, and I'm going to work through this with you? Or is this an enemy attack? And it's, it's, it's about me. Say me. Oh, yeah, you know, you're a little shy because you know what I'm about to do. I'm crushing the me. <laughs> Say me. Yeah, self-preservation. And many of us have me sitting in the seat of our lives we really haven't submitted everything over to God. We're trying to figure it out. Well, I kind of like this. Oh, I don't know. That that makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. God wants, God's really wants my happiness. He really wants me to be happy. So I'm not sure here. He asks, who are you fighting for? No, <laughs> is his response. And Jesus' response to us today. The verse the response, we'll read the rest of the verse, but I want you to see this resounding no. Are you for me against me? No. <laughs> Say no. And it just catches Joshua off guard because that's not what he asked. And then Jesus, the commander of this army, says, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Yeah, my, my sword is drawn, but you need to understand I'm the commander. Say commander. I'm the commander. I'm not coming under you. You come under me. He says, commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he worshiped. The wrong question is, whose side, are, whose side was the angel on? The commander of the host, the armies of heaven, is asking you and me this morning, which side have you submitted to? Submit to the commander or submit to the evil of this age? There is no in-between. You can't submit part of your will, the parts you like, and not all of it. You see, but it's hard. Divine power. Say divine power. Submission comes with divine power. You take the step, and as you plant your foot down, you will have solid ground to stand on as you walk a walk of submission to God. Um, and this is one of the greatest weapons. Let me ask you this question another way. Again, I'm taking a because this is so important, a few minutes to establish this, and we'll talk about a couple more weapons. Let me ask you the question, whose roof are you under? Whose roof are you under? How many heard your parents say, young man, young woman, as long as you're under my roof... That's it? All right, all right, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. How many, your hand, you'll put the other one up or you're not, you don't have your hand up? You said it to one of your kids. Put your hand up. 
Yeah, all right. So we are the majority, the majority of the people and online, uh, if you're with us, uh, you're probably thinking about this this morning. And, you know, if you're under my roof, if you're under my authority, if you're under my house, you're under my authority. And as long as you're under my authority, there's some rules to make life at home work for us to be, to be the way it should be. As we read the New Testament, there's a story where a young man comes to Jesus, Matthew 8, and uh, he's a commanding officer in the Roman army, commanding officer. And he comes to Jesus because not one of his soldiers, but one of his servants is at home and he's suffering greatly. And we obviously learn about this commanding officer. He has great compassion and empathy that he would come to Jesus knowing that Jesus is the source of healing and um, he wants to ask Jesus the, the only place you can find divine power comes to Jesus for the release of divine power and says to Jesus, would you heal my servant? And Jesus says, yeah, I'll do a house call. I'll do a house call. I'll come to your house and um, I'll take care of that. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, you have to, you have to really understand the context of this, and, and it's what we're talking about. He's saying, no, Jesus, don't misunderstand. I'm asking you. I'm not commanding you right now. I'm asking you. I'm not worthy that you would come under me. This is a request. I'm acknowledging, Jesus, who you are. He doesn't want any misunderstanding, though Jesus didn't misunderstand at all. But he will give an explanation, and Jesus will say, I have not seen such great faith, not in all of the land of Israel. This guy gets it. He gets it. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my authority. I'm not telling you what I'm asking. But only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under, what? Under authority. I'm under authority. He had commanding officers over him. He submitted. Say submitted. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. The greatest weapon. But only speak a word, for my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. He's saying to Jesus, I understand that the kingdom of light, the kingdom of divine power, the kingdom that's ruled by the commanding officer, Jesus, is a hierarchical, a hier it's, hier it's a hierarchy. We learned last week that the devil has copied what he saw in heaven. And so there are principalities and powers in the atmosphere. He's ordered. There is an order in heaven. And he's saying, as I have submitted to you today, Jesus, I acknowledge, I know how this works. All you've got to do is speak a word and everything in the universe has to listen to you. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. He said, I'm not worthy that you would come under my roof. Jesus, I'm under yours. I know how it works. Whose roof are you living under? We can't do whatever we want in this life and we, want to, and we expect to resist the devil. So you have your front door closed, but the back door is wide open. A window's up on a crack. Just in case, I want to let something into my life that I know I shouldn't. I know I'm not supposed to, but ah, is there really a consequence for that? 
And as a church that teaches grace, we've taught you and that the church in the past is overemphasized, you know, oh, you don't sin, because if you sin, if you sin, you lose your salvation, go to hell. You, I, mean, go, I mean, do not pass go, go immediately to hell. And the legalistic church raised generations of people who were terrified of God. I'm going to talk about the fear of God in a few weeks, which has nothing to do with being terrified or fearful of God. It's a holy respect that he's God and I'm not. And the God has organized and uh, uh, he's, this hierarchy and, and that he has, he, has, he has ways he wants us to live. And yes, his grace is sufficient for me. And yes, his grace forgives me. And yes, uh, this isn't a question of heaven or hell. But it's a question of, do you want to live victorious on this earth? Are you just going to wait around for heaven? and live a hellish life here when you could be living in the promised land, when you could be living in the blessing of God, when you could be living with everything that God has for you. And so as God begins to speak to you about your life, your lifestyle, being a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is going to point to some things and go, that's not good for you. And you place your will as hard as it might be. And you place your will under. The greatest, the greatest victory on the cross was because Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. It's the greatest weapon, submitting our will to Jesus. Second of all, you're really happy that I'm going to another weapon. How many are really happy that I'm moving to another weapon right now? Phew, good, he's moving on. It is challenging. It's challenging for me. It's challenging for you. But I leave that with you today. Whose roof are you living under? You, who's sitting in the seat of the throne of your life? Number two is the name of Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Break every stronghold. And we love to sing it. And I want you to understand that, that it's not a magical incantation or religious superstition. The name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. And if you say it the right way, like some of the guys on TV do, it really works. In the name of Jesus. If you spit, it really works. No. And like everything, things get caricatured because there is a truth. There is a truth. And here's the truth. Um, Jesus sent out 70 in his name, in his authority. When you got born, you have the last name of your parents. You had the privilege of being born into a family. You bear your family name. And so uh, uh, that family name has a legacy and, a, and an inheritance. And, and uh, if you came from a family where that's not great, I want to give you great news today that, that this is a truth of Scripture, and you can turn it around, and your family legacy from here on out, your children can have the generational curses broken. Your children can live in the blessing of God. You bring, you bring yourself into the land of the living. Your kids come into the land of the living. And there is greatness for your family and your family name. And so throughout, you know, uh, throughout history, certain last names, man, they wield some authority. And that's the way the kingdom of heaven works. And we come under a name. We were born again. God is our father. So Jesus sends out the 70 to do his work, to do what he, what he was doing. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. See, he had sent them out. He said, use my authority. You can name drop. Name, just, just drop my name. Just remind evil that Jesus sent you. 
that you're in the right army, that you're submitted. Yeah, I'm submitted in this army. I'm, I'm under the commander Jesus. Commander Jesus sent me today. So you're going in his power and his authority. And Jesus goes, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He goes, it's really no big, don't get so excited. It's no big deal. I was there when my father kicked him out. It happened that fast. Heaven to earth, he was gone. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give to you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. This is pictures of, of, of demonic work. And over all the power of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy, over all the power. Somebody say all the power. Why? Because you have divine power and authority and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I... Um, I've been doing this with Aaron since he was a little boy. When we walk up to a store that has the automatic doors, just before we trip the, the, the beam or the pad or whatever it might be, I'll stop and go, or I'll go, open sesame. And uh, Aaron does it all. He does it for me now. And, and the doors open. So using the name of Jesus is not a open sesame. It, it, it works because there's, there's, there's something you're stepping on in the pad. It's a principle of heaven. Understand that you have all the authority of heaven backing you. There's a story of a little boy who went out on a battlefield against the largest giant that ever existed as recorded at the David and Goliath real story. And then David said to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. And the devil comes and he wants to intimidate you. And he's coming with fear and anxiety and worry. He's coming at you with bills that you don't know how you're going to pay. He's coming at you with a diagnosis that you're saying, it is so tall. It is so big. He's coming at you with a relational difficulty that you're going, there's no way that we can overcome this. And if it's not, if it doesn't line up with the goodness of God, and we've been singing this, then God's not done yet, and neither are you. You need to get out on the battlefield. You need to begin to wield the authority of the name of Jesus and offer some prayers up that you know will be answered. And David said to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of heaven and the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defiled who you're lying to, who you're lying to the world about. And there's a defeat as he, it's not the slingshot, but he had to be skilled with that slingshot. It represents our prayers going up to heaven. One little stone went in the sling and the sling went round and round. Remember that song? No. It's the same, it was the same era and genre. Thank you, thank you. One little prayer went up to God and the giant fell right down. We still, then we would all fall on the floor. It was, it was, we would sing it right after I'm in the Lord's army. Number three, the blood of Jesus. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The context of the scripture, I just don't have time this morning to really dig into this, is the Work of the devil primarily, these strongholds in our mind come by accusation. The accuser of the brethren is the context. And how do you overcome the accusations? How do you overcome when Satan says, well, you just lied today and look at you, man. You, you're messing up. You're, 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 not, you're not under God, are you? And he'll just start, he'll start accusing. He'll, he'll start lying to you. And we use the blood of the lamb and our story of salvation 
to overcome the work of the enemy. The idea is this morning, as you understand that Jesus died in your place, that his blood not only washes our sin, it washes the memory of those sins. It doesn't cover, in the Old Testament, the blood of the sacrificial lamb covered sin until the following year, and it would cover it again. But the miracle of our salvation is it removes your sin. Jesus didn't just cover your sin. He removed your sin. You might hear somebody say, yeah, when, when God looks down at me, he sees the blood of Jesus on my life, and he doesn't see my sin. Yeah, you didn't finish the thought, though. That's an Old Testament thought until you recognize, yes, and Jesus' blood washed it away. He's transforming you. He's transforming me. Isaiah says, come now, let us reason together. Don't reason with the devil. Stop reasoning with accusations. Come into the secret place of the Lord and begin to reason with the Holy Spirit. God says, come and let's talk. Let's have a talk today in your devotional time. You know what? Yeah, though your sins are like scarlet, they're going to be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they'll be like wool. Pure, pure wool. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, that's forever and ever, by the way, so far he has removed our transgressions from him. He can't remember your sin. He can't remember your sin. Why are you letting the enemy remind you of what you've done in the past when God himself doesn't remember what you've done? What we do is we use the weapon of the blood of Jesus and what that, that, what that um, practically is. Yes, you can say it in a prayer right now. Lord, I just understand I'm under your blood. That your blood paid for my sin. That your blood secured for me salvation. And as we say it and pronounce it, the enemy has to be on the run. But if he can lie to you and tell you that, you know, hey, this and this and this, and he accuses and you don't overcome him. See, God wants you to fight the fight that he's already won. But he wants you to get on the battlefield because you can. Because you can. This morning, beloved, because you can. Man, I wanted to get to number four so bad. <laughs> no, I don't want to take. There's a precious moment. There's a precious moment happening right here. We're going to stay with it. I'm going to finish this thought in just a moment. But I, uh, Mia's going to speak next week, and uh, you you don't want to miss this. She's been. This has been ruminating in her for uh, months. Um, and all of the team, I say to them, you've got you, you've to have a sermon ready to go all the time. And she said, Pastor Roy, I've got one ready to go. And I listen to kind of the gist of what she wants to share. And there, there's a word of freedom for many, many people as you'll come next week and just listen to what God is saying. I'm going to be downstairs uh, preaching to the kids' church. And uh, they got questions for me, so I'm going to be answering questions. They want to know who made God. I, that's my question number one. One of your one of your kids are giving me the hard question. I, wait till I find out which one I'm going to... No. We're going to talk about who made God. And, of course, no one did. And Well, I'll continue this series. I thought I would have one more. There'll be part three and four. I know that for certain right now. This morning, the blood of Jesus... There's power in the blood. 
power in the blood, wonder-working power in his blood. It starts and it begins with Jesus. A moment ago, I talked to you about submission. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. And just a moment or two of meditation, and then we're going to dismiss. If you're here today and you've never let Jesus into your life, you, you'd say to me, Pastor, I'm the only. I'm the only authority in my life. This is my life. I'll do it my way. Regrets, I've had a few, but I'm going to do it my way. And this morning, as you're sitting in this room or perhaps online, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you in this service as we know that he does. And every week, we give an opportunity for someone to make the decision to give Jesus your seat, to come under his roof where there's forgiveness of sin, there's blessing, joys forevermore, the Bible says. A life that is beyond, the Bible says, what we can ask for, dream about. A life of partnership and personal relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you just know your life's not right with God, you're, you're the only one sitting in the seat of your life. But today, as you've heard this, you want to submit your life. You want to come under the power, the forgiving, loving, compassionate God who's not angry at you, is not out to get you, quite the contrary. It is the most beautiful life, a life submitted to a loving, faithful God. If that's you, I'm just with your head bowed and eyes closed. Online, you can just text in, I'm making a decision today for Jesus. Here in the room, signify that you're ready to make the decision to serve the Lord. Allow him come into your life. I'll just count down from three, three, two, one. I'd like you to raise your hand anywhere in this room. I'll acknowledge, and we're going to pray together in three, two, and one. Is that you? Let me just see your hand. Don't be shy. Just say, yeah, that's, it's, it's my day today. Is there anyone? Yes, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just more. Anyone else? Just before we pray. If you raised your hand or you text in, Let's pray this. Let, Harvest, we know what to do. Let's all pray this prayer together of invitation. Lord Jesus, today I trade seats. I give you the seat of my life. Come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you to forgive my sin. Fill me with your spirit and your life and joy as I know today. I am clean like the purest wool. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer from your heart today, we believe you're born again and Jesus is with you today. Just before we sing this final song, I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's all stand together. But still just in a moment of meditation, just your eyes are closed. Whose roof are you under? There's that ultimate decision. But today, do you have a window open? <laughs> do you have a window open? Do you have a door open? And I'm just going to ask a question that if you'll ask it as well, out of your heart as I pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, we ask today, have we left windows or doors open where the enemy can just help themselves to our lives? We've been working hard at wielding our sword, but like Joshua, we got it wrong.
We thought we were fighting for us. We're fighting for you. <laughs> this fight has already been established. It's already over. It's been done. The fight for my eternal life, the fight for, uh, uh, for that is over. The fight now is the fight to take ground and to bring glory to your name, that the Jerichos of this world would be leveled so the glory of God could come to the earth, so that people could see your loving kindness and be born again. Lord, all throughout this room, I think every one of us could say, today's a good day to think about whose roof am I under, really? Just a fresh, fresh, fresh yielding, a fresh submission to you of our lives. Lord, as we lay our lives before you, and like Joshua of old, serve and worship you alone. It's not about me. Lord, it's about you. Let's sing this just before we're dismissed. team is ready to stand with anyone this morning that wants to just have uh, another person stand with you and believe in faith and if you need a touch in your physical body we believe that Jesus heals today it's his will to heal every time if you just were touched by the sermon today and something just jogged in your mind can I just it's so powerful to come up and say to somebody hey I heard the Lord say this will you partner with me in prayer I want to live this word out today I don't want to just take it home in my mind I want to take it home in my heart there's nothing more powerful than to agree with someone in prayer it doesn't have to be a long prayer just a short prayer of agreement you're leaving today saying Lord 
I'm leaving with the principles of this word. I want it to go from my head to my heart and walk it out in my feet. So we just, we're here to serve you this morning. Come right now if you want prayer. Otherwise, God, we thank you today for the victory that's ours. Like David, who stood on the battlefield, Lord, we head out into a, an evil day, the scriptures say. But that doesn't mean that we come under the power of evil. That doesn't mean that we're like Rocky that are going the whole 15 rounds. It means that I come and the authority of the name and the blood of Jesus today. Father, I thank you for triumphant warriors and overcomers in this place today, leaving this service knowing we go with the divine power that God has given us today in Jesus' name, and we agree and we say, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.